So for the past five weeks, we've been in this series uh, called Deconstruction, and what we've been doing is just looking at this term that I, admittedly means different things to different people, but it's happening with people in their faith all the time nowadays. But a simple definition we've been using for deconstruction is simply this. It's the process of dissecting, questioning, or even in extreme faith situations, completely rejecting your faith. And so every week of this series, we've been looking at a different reason people are deconstructing. And we've hit some really hard topics throughout this series. But as we've been thinking about this series and I've been looking at it, um, I've been really looking forward to this last week of the series because in my opinion, it may be the number one reason people are deconstructing today. And what we're going to talk about today is the topic of church hurt. When a church, or at the very least a, a pastor or a Christian leader or someone else in the church, disappoints you or maybe deeply, deeply hurts you. In January of this year, I had just got done preaching and I walked off the stage and I, I was out greeting people and I, I met someone that was attending our church for the very first time and, and she had tears in her eyes as she began to tell me her story. She told me that this was her, her very first time ever at CCV and she said that what happened was she was in a different state and her husband was physically abusing her to a point where she was fearful for her life, and so she ran. And when she ran and left home, she didn't know what to do, so she ended up going to a local church. She thought, that's where I should go. And she went to this local church, and she began explaining her story to some pastors and leaders in the church, and they sat down with her. And as she shared her story of her husband physically abusing her to the point where she was afraid for her life, they looked at her and told her, God is commanding you to go back to your husband. And if you don't go back, we wanna let you know you're not welcome in this church. And she said, I'm not going back to my husband who's abusing me at this moment. And so they literally walked her out the doors at that moment. And as she walked out those doors and she walked to her car, she told herself, I will never go to church again. She moved to Phoenix and she had a friend that, be, that just told her, you gotta come back, just give it one more chance. And her friend came to CCV and so she finally came to, with, to CCV with her friend and this is the weekend she came. And the topic we just happened to be preaching about was marriage. And you can imagine she's probably thinking, oh boy, what are they gonna say? And it was almost as if God's spirit had brought her there for that exact weekend because for some reason from the stage that weekend, I don't even think it was in my notes, I said this, you can go back and watch it in January, I, said to, I just said to anyone out there, if you're being physically abused, run. Run and get help, we will help you. When she was telling me, with just tears streaming down her face, she said, thank you for saying that. And I got kind of emotional, I just looked back at her and, and I, I just looked into her eyes and I would tell her the exact same thing I would tell anyone here today that, that has been deeply, deeply hurt by the church. The first thing you just need to hear is this, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And as a, as a pastor, I can't apologize for every church or every leader or someone that's hurt you, another Christian, but what I can do as a leader in the church is I can say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're hurt and I am heartbroken by the number of stories that I'm hearing of people that are dealing with church hurt. And what I think is I just, I just wonder what hangs in the balance for some of us overcoming our church hurt. Here's a woman that almost walked away from her faith and never showed up in a church ever again because of her hurt. In fact, the Barna Group it just released a study where 
They said that almost four out of 10 Americans that have walked away from their faith, have deconstructed or don't attend church, said they don't because of they were hurt by a church or they were hurt by someone in the church. And that may be some of your story, right? There's some of you here today that, that you know, you, you grew up at a church and, and your, your, your parents went through a divorce and the church told you, you're no longer welcome here. That's what they told you. Or some of you, you, you went through a hurt or you were grieving and you just reached out for help and you didn't feel like the church cared for you the way that they should. I mean, it could have even happened here. Some of you, you, you grew up in a church or you were at a church where you got a tattoo or you got a DUI or you got pregnant and they ghosted you. It's like you were, you were just a nobody now. Or some of you were at a church and, and the pastor had an affair. Or they, they, they had a big financial scandal or, or maybe something else happened where there was an abuse of power and, and you've been so turned off by the church ever since. Or some of you, it could be as simple as people were gossiping about you in the church to as serious for some of you, your story is you were abused by someone in the church. I don't know what your story is, but I believe there's someone here today, and this may be one of your first times back to church, and, and you're sitting here skeptical of the church. Or maybe you're watching online, and the reason you don't attend in person is because you're not sure you can trust the church again. Or there's someone here today, you're like, I'm here. You're actually in church, you're here, but you're not really present because you just come and you go home and you're not engaged in the church at all. And if you got honest, it's because part of the root of that is you were hurt somehow by the church. I mean, someone may have sent this message to someone, you're watching it on YouTube right now, and that's your story. Church hurt is causing people to deconstruct at levels that we haven't really seen in, in, in recent history. And so today, I just wanna hit this topic head on of church hurt. But I can't start to talk about it without first having some words of, of personal self-disclosure. I can't authentically and honestly talk about church hurt without first admitting how imperfect we are as a church. And some of you, we, we may have hurt you by something we did or something we said. And I can't authentically talk about this without admitting how imperfect I am as a pastor. There may be something I did that hurt you. There may be something I said from this stage that, that disturbed you or disappointed you or hurt you. I mean, especially if you're a cat or Seahawk lover, right? I mean, you're like, that guy hurts me all the time. He hurts me all the time. In all, in all seriousness, I'm not gonna today take a swipe at other churches and other pastors when the most imperfect person I know is me. It's me. 1 John 1, 8 says this, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. We absolutely deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So I will not for one moment ever claim to be a perfect person that doesn't have deep flaws inside me. In fact, if you ever wanted to know how imperfect I am, just go talk to my wife, Jamie. I promise you she'll tell you. In fact, so many times people will walk up to my wife, Jamie, and they'll say something like this. Oh, it has to be so awesome being married to like a godly man like Ashley. And she just looks at him and she's like, mm-hmm, yeah. Or she'll just laugh, right? <laughs> Which I think is real progress because earlier in our marriage she would throw up in her mouth, you know? So I feel like we're making, we're making some progress here, right? But I would just say this, if, if you spend any amount of time in a local church, for any length of time, you 
will have some sort of hurt, some sort of hurt. Because last time I checked, there's sinners all in church, right? So what I wanna do today is I wanna do two primary things. One, I wanna talk about why is church hurt different than regular hurt? And two, after we've talked about that, I wanna talk about how we overcome church hurt because we have to learn to overcome it if we wanna live the life God wants for us. First, let's just talk about this. Why is church hurt deeper than other, other hurts? I mean, hurts hurt, but church hurt cuts deeper, doesn't it? I want to tell you a few reasons why. The first reason is this. We have higher expectations of Christians, especially Christian leaders, right? If, if you've never thought about this before, think about this. The deepest disappointments you have ever had in your life, forget the church, any disappointment you've ever had in your life, the deepest disappointments in your life are when you had the highest expectations of someone or something and and they didn't meet your expectations. That's why it's so deep. Now, if you had low expectations of someone didn't meet, it's like, oh, no big deal, right? I mean, every time I go to the DMV, I am deeply disappointed, but it doesn't cut very deep because I walked in with really low expectations, When it comes to the church and especially Christian leaders and other Christians, we walk in with sky-high expectations, sometimes expectations that are unrealistic. Now, don't miss what I'm saying. I'm not saying you shouldn't hold pastors, me, our campus pastors, or other staff to high expectations. You should. In fact, listen to what James, the brother of Jesus, wrote in James chapter 3, verse 1. He says this, not many of you should become teachers, what I'm doing right now, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Now, if, if, that's just not me as a pastor. I mean, think about this. In, in your, if you're in the business world, if you teach other people, if you're a teacher and you teach, guess what? You're going to be held more strictly, but especially those who are teaching the word of God like I am right now. And I, and I embrace, by the way, I embrace that I am held to a higher standard. I embrace it. It's biblical. I think it's very appropriate for you to want to have a pastor like me or a campus pastor or any of the other pastors. You should want a pastor that tells the truth. You should want a pastor that lives with integrity. You should want a pastor that is a one-woman man or a one-woman or a one-man woman, right? I said that wrong. <laughs> you should want someone, if they're married, that's their only sexual outlet, right? That's what you should want. You should want someone that, that, is, that just lives a life worthy of the calling if they're a pastor. For sure you should. I hold myself to a high standard. We hold our staff to a high standard, but we're not perfect. So I don't want you to ever lower your expectations for me or someone on our staff but I want you to realize that your expectations can't be perfection. Because right after James says that that those who teach will be judged more strictly, that's verse one. Verse two, he says this, we all stumble. All of us stumble in many ways and anyone who's never at fault in what they say is perfect and able to keep their whole body in check. In other words, what he's saying is when he uses the word perfect, he says there's only one person that's ever been perfect in, in mankind, in the history of the world, that's Jesus. Jesus is perfect. Your pastor's not. And you have to be really careful um, projecting onto your pastor Jesus. I'm not Jesus. and no, no pastor on our staff is Jesus. And that's sometimes why church hurt cuts so deep because number two, we often confuse a pastor with the perfection of Jesus. 
When, when you're hurt in a church by either a pastor or another Christian, sometimes the reason we're hurt so bad is we link that person with Jesus too closely. And they are not the same, not even close. And that's why I think it's really dangerous sometimes. I think, I think we as pastors all just, sometimes we're at fault because we, we act like we have our lives together too much. And I think this is really dangerous. It's so dangerous for me as a pastor to ever project to you that I have my life all together. It's all perfect. That, you know how dangerous that is? That's why when I preach, if you've been around CCV for any amount of time, you know when I preach, I want to authentically share with you where I fail in my marriage, with my parenting, as a follower of Jesus. Because like what I like to say is if I make myself the hero of every story, how can Jesus ever be the hero in your life? He's who we want to point people to, not, not a person. It would be like this. Beethoven's Fifth Symphony is known by many as to be one of the most brilliant and perfect works of music in, in history. If you've never heard Beethoven's Fifth, and let's say you wanted to hear it and you signed up to go listen to a fourth or fifth grade local school band play it, when you walked in, would you not expect them to botch it a little bit? They're gonna miss some notes. They're gonna mess it up. Now, is it fair to judge Beethoven's Fifth Symphony based on a fourth or fifth grade band playing it? No, you, you, you'd know that it's not fair to judge a composer's work by who's playing it. In the same way, be very, very careful judging someone in the church with the staff or someone else based on who Jesus is. In many ways, I'll just say people like me, pastors, we're like fourth and fifth grade band students, very imperfectly trying to point you to the only perfect person on earth, Jesus. Now again, don't miss what I'm saying. I'm not saying there's not an appropriate time to leave a church when there's deep immorality and it's, it's widespread across the church, when there's systemic issues that, that are really, really immoral. I'm not saying there's not a time to, to leave a church if something deep is happening like that. Not, not, not you know, someone messes up, or, but I'm talking about something deep. Yeah, it's, it can maybe be very appropriate to leave a church, but here's where we get in trouble with church hurt. Number three, we often associate one bad church experience with every church. Like someone fails you. Some church messes up, and you're like, that's every church. No, come on. Do you know there, there's almost 400,000 churches in America today? You, you can't associate one as representing all. We don't do that in, in any other walk of life. We don't say, oh, we had one bad teacher. Every teacher's bad. One bad boss. Every boss is bad. I'll never work again. In the church, guess what? It's nothing new to have a few bad apples in the church. I mean, just go read Paul's letters all throughout the New Testament. He's always addressing a leader in the church that's, that's not doing the right thing. This is not new. But we just have to be careful that we, we don't associate one bad experience with, with everyone. Never once in scripture are we told this. Hey, if... If a church disappoints you bad enough or a pastor disappoints you bad enough, walk away, never go back to church again, just stay home and do your own thing. There's not one example of that in scripture. In fact, we're, we're told the exact opposite. One of the most powerful examples in scripture comes from Ephesians chapter five when we are told that our relationship with the local church is like a marriage. God, can, God compares the church 
with a marriage. It's so powerful if you really think about this. Because anyone married here, anyone ever been hurt in a marriage? Yeah, if you're married, every hand should be shooting up right now, right? You ever been hurt in a marriage? I mean, it, it was like this past week. Uh, you know the, the storm that hit on Monday night, that crazy storm in the valley? I don't know where you were at, but where I was at, I was like, I haven't seen something like this in a long, long time. That storm was so massive. I drove home from work. I walked in my backyard and I have three trees laying on the ground and they, they came off their stakes and I, they look like they're about ready to snap. So I rush into action. I, I grab these trees, I'm holding them up and I'm screaming inside the house. Jamie, kids, come out, help me. We're gonna lose some trees. I look inside, everyone's like this. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm literally, I am holding a tree up as it's about ready to blow me over. I'm like, come help. No one's moving. Mr. Impatient, okay, Mr. Impatient. I literally sprint in the house, past my kids, if you know my house, around our, uh, from our kitchen, we have this little hallway off our kitchen. I sprint around the hallway as fast as I can run. And I didn't see her, but right when I went around the hallway, I literally, like a linebacker, plowed over my wife. I hit her so hard. She flies to the ground. But here's where it gets bad. <laughs> I'm just being authentic. I'm not joking. I looked at her and in a split moment I made this decision. I think she's okay. I better go save the trees. <laughs> and I kept running. I kept running. I know, I've heard about it all week long, okay? But she's okay, the doctors say she's gonna get out of ICU in a couple days, it's not a big deal. I'm just kidding, she really is okay, thank you by the by grace of God. But can you believe that? It's so bad. Some of you have been plowed over in a marriage, literally. It was nasty. And there was a divorce, and there was an affair, and there was abuse, and you were plowed over in a marriage. I want you to think deeply with me about the analogy of the church in a marriage. Think about this. If you were hurt in a marriage, marriage didn't hurt you, a person did. And it can be very dangerous to confuse those two things. Marriage didn't hurt you, a person did. And if you've been hurt in the church, the church didn't hurt you, a person did. A person did. And here's gonna be a big takeaway God wants to sink into someone's heart here today. Don't abandon the church because of a person or a bad experience. It's not God's design for you. The church is the bride of Christ, and that's, that may be easier said than done, right? You may know that, but it's hard because for some of you, your church hurt was so deep. So I want to just address, how do you overcome church hurt so it doesn't keep you from the church, the bride of Christ? I want to give you three ways to, to overcome church hurt, and I really hope you're taking notes today. Here's, here's number one. We have to remember we have to remember, we're not the only ones. If you've been hurt by the church, it's been happening since human history because there's sinners in the church. You're not the only one. In fact, the thing you need to remember is Jesus 
can relate. Did you know Jesus was hurt more by religious leaders than anyone else? In fact, Jesus' greatest critique in the New Testament is not for sinners, not even close. His greatest critique is for religious leaders that think they're not sinners. He calls them hypocrites in Matthew chapter 23. He says, you hypocrites. And the word hypocrite comes from the Greek, it's a Greek word that was used in the Greek theater at the time. And hypocrite is someone during the theater that would put a mask on and pretend to be someone else. And Jesus says about the religious leaders that often religious leaders, would put, they put masks on and they pretend to be something that they're not. And Jesus critiques them. And my greatest prayer for our church, one of them, is that from myself to everyone in our church, we take off our masks. Don't put a mask on. Don't act like you're someone that you're not. All of us are imperfect trying to follow the only perfect person in history, Jesus. But just remember, Jesus was hurt deeply by religious leaders. They put him on a cross and crucified him. But if Jesus was hurt, and we remember that, then maybe we also need to remember what was Jesus' response. How did Jesus respond to his hurt? Because as followers of Jesus, that should be our response. And this is gonna be the hardest step for some of you, and here it is. You ready? We have to forgive. We have to forgive because you can't move towards healing if you won't step towards forgiving. I wanna say it stronger than that. It's impossible to move to healing past church hurt if you won't step towards forgiving the person that hurt you in the church. It's impossible. The Los Angeles Times ran a story um, years ago about a man named Dave Hagler. He, uh, he's a part-time umpire, he's umpiring baseball games, and he was up in Boulder, Colorado, and he was driving in the midst of a huge snowstorm, and in the midst of it, he was, he was kind of distracted, and he was going a little too fast, and he got pulled over by a policeman. The policeman pulled him over, and, and Dave starts trying to get out of the ticket. He's like, man, I'm, I've never got a ticket before. I'm a safe driver. The storm, I mean, the snow was everywhere. I was so distracted. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean, I'm a, I'm a safe driver. And he's trying to talk himself out, and the officer finally looked at Dave, and he said, hey, if you have a problem with the ticket, you can go to court. Gave him the ticket. Sure enough, right after Dave got that ticket, the very first game he was umpiring after that, he got that ticket, he's behind home plate, and wouldn't you know it, who's the first batter up to bat? It was that policeman that gave him the ticket. The policeman notices Dave, and he starts to backtrack. He's like, oh, hey, 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 how, how'd it go with that ticket? You everything okay? And Dave just looks back at him and says these words. Well, let me just put it this way. You better swing at everything. I mean, that's kind of, when, when you've been hurt, that's kind of the dream scenario, right? Is, is to get revenge on someone versus having to forgive them. For them to get their due. And what scripture teaches us, what Jesus models for us, and what social science now tells us, because science is always catching up with who Jesus is and what he tells us, is that revenge never gives you healing. It actually drives the wound deeper into your heart. The only thing that will heal you from a deep hurt 
is forgiveness, as countercultural as it is. And Jesus models this. When Jesus hung on a cross and he's looking at the religious leaders that, that betrayed him to put him there, what does he say? He doesn't look at the religious la- leaders and go, ha, suckers, I'm heating up hell a, little, uh, a couple extra degrees for you. What's he say? What's Jesus say on the cross? Father, forgive them. Forgive them. And this is our model. In fact, in, in, in the book of Colossians, Paul writes to the church in, in Colossians and, and Paul says this. He says, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. He's talking about the church. He says, in the church, you're gonna have to bear with people. You're gonna have to forgive people because you are going to have grievances about people in the church. You will, fact. And if you're struggling with forgiveness, and I know many of us do, I mean, I, I even do. I mean, it, it's like sometimes you have to forgive over and over again. And, and remember, forgiveness doesn't mean you trust the person. Forgiveness doesn't mean reconciliation. Forgiveness doesn't mean you have to go back to that church. But if you're struggling with forgiveness, what forgiveness means, and to drop that rock, I put in your notes a message Dave Stone gave, gave back in May, and I would encourage you this week, in your mobile app, the link is there. I'd encourage you to go watch that as one of your takeaways this week. We have to learn how to forgive. So we have to remember, we have to forgive, and then the third thing we have to do to overcome church hurt is we have to re-engage. We have to re-engage in the life of the church, the bride of Christ. Why? Because when it comes to the church, Satan's plan is to keep you out. God's plan is to bring you back. Listen, the local church is not a man-made thing. This is the one thing Jesus left us on earth for us to grow in our faith and to spread his name on the world. It's the local church. And for just a minute, I'm, I'm gonna get up in someone's grill. And I'm only doing this because I love you. I love you so much. I wish you knew my love for our church. I have seen more people deconstruct in their faith and walk away from the church because of church hurt than anything else. And I'm just telling you, it's time for you to address your church hurt. Some of you are thinking, well, this, well, I didn't walk away from my faith. I didn't walk away from my faith. I just walked away from the church, or I'm, I'm disengaged from the church. I'm not doing anything because of church hurt. And I just want you to know, there's not one model in New Testament Christianity of someone having a faith and not being connected and engaged in the local church. It's not there. Why? Because the church is the bride of Christ. Think about that analogy. If the church is the bride of Christ, you can't tell Jesus, I love you, but I don't love your bride. That would be like you walking up to me and go, Ashley, I love you, but I hate Jamie. You, you, listen, that doesn't work for me. You can't tell me you love me and not love my bride because we go hand in hand. And when Jesus says the church is my bride, we have to re-engage with the bride of Christ in spite of all of our hearts, hurts, even when it's not beautiful. Now, when it comes to my bride, Jamie, is she beautiful all the time? See, you know what I'm supposed to say, don't you? Jamie is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my entire life. She's not always beautiful. And I don't mean that as an insult to Jamie, I just say it as, as reality. There's times where Jamie's been sick, 
She has snot running down her nose everywhere. I just cleaned up vomit off the floor. Her hair's going everywhere. And just because she may not seem beautiful in that moment does not mean that she is not deeply and inherently beautiful. The same with the local church. The local church is not always beautiful because it's full of sinners. But it is the bride of Christ. And the bride's beauty has to be preeminent in our lives. And if you have to walk away from from one local church, you have to find a church to engage in. And if it's not our church, like find a church to engage in because what this world needs less of is people on the sidelines. What this world needs more of is people in the arena making a difference with their life. And so I'm, I'm, I wanna spur someone on today. I wanna do what the writer of Hebrews says. The writer of Hebrews says this, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Well, how do we have love and good deeds? He says this, not giving up meeting together, not giving up meeting with the local church, the bride of Christ, as some are in the habit of doing. I was, I was in Florida two weeks ago, right before the hurricane hit. I actually got one of the last flights out on Tuesday night before they closed the airport on Wednesday morning. And I'm sitting at this, I was at a pastor's conference. There was over a thousand pastors there. I was, I was speaking to these pastors. I love investing in pastors because I love pastors. And guys, I love the local church. In spite of all its flaws, in spite of all its ugliness, I love the bride of Christ. But to be honest, this hurricane's getting ready to hit and I'm thinking to myself, what on earth am I doing here? And it's like God gave me my reason. I mean, I loved investing in those pastors, but he gave me while I was there. While I was there, I ran into someone that I went to Bible college with so many years ago, and I don't see him very often. I've seen him only a few times, and I ran into him, and and he has one of the worst church hurt stories I've, I've ever heard of or ever seen. I mean, he has been wounded at the deepest levels by leaders in the church that knew better. And yet there he was, and he has never walked away. He is so engaged, and God is using him in like the biggest ways. And so I just felt compelled. I walked up to him, and I grabbed him by the shoulders. I looked him straight in the eyes, and I said, man, I am so crazy proud of you. You inspire me because you had every reason to walk away from the church, and you didn't. And look how God's using you. What about you? What about you and your hurt? Will you walk away? Will you sit on the sidelines? Will you just critique the church like crazy? Or will you get in the arena, bloodied and bruised, and make a difference with your life? Theodore Roosevelt in 1910 wrote one of the most famous, I think, lines and words that that have ever been written. He said this, and I, I want you to hear this in the context of what God wants to speak into your life with the local church today. Here's what he said. It's not the critic that counts. It's not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, where the doer of deeds could have done better, where the church is all messed up. I made that up. 
The credit belongs to the man who's actually where? In the arena. Whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes up short again and again. Because there's no effort without error or shortcoming. But who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, and who spends himself in a worthy cause. Who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while what? Daring greatly. I think it's time for some of us to move beyond our hurt, to get in the arena bloodied and bruised and to dare greatly again. And, you know, I've I've really felt like throughout this whole entire series that God has been moving in our church in such a big way to help some of us overcome some of these deconstructive thoughts, these deconstructive habits to reconstruct our life on something bigger. And even today, I believe this is a big weekend for someone when it comes to church hurt. I believe that. And so I'm going to ask our band to come and sing one last song. And during this song, this is a moment for you to just be able to ask God, God, what are you telling me? What do you want from me? And whatever God's telling you to do, my my request, my challenge is just be obedient. This is a song about God's love. And God has someone here to tell you, it's time to move on, Pastor Hurt. Let's listen to this and then I'll be back with some closing thoughts.